My name is Thaddeus. I'm an alcoholic. Happy to be here. Uh, they stopped in time. Sometimes I wonder about myself whether I stopped in time. But uh, okay, so I grew up in an alcoholic home in the Bronx, New York. Um, and this happened before I ever took a drink, did any type of mood altering chemical. I had a big family. I had five brothers and sisters, and I had a brother who was a normie, and he he always did things I didn't understand. One of them was saving money. Um, and he had a coin collection full of uh, mercury dimes. Hey, I know I'm aging myself, but they were silver dimes. He had these blue books. And I decided that I would steal his coin collection and buy candy. Yeah. And I have no idea why I did that. And then when they caught me red-handed, I no, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And uh, so I'm guessing that was sort of a prelude. Um, the environment I was in was dysfunctional, alcoholic, and I'm not saying that that was the reason I became an alcoholic, but it may have been a contributing factor. Okay, so fast forward a few years, and we start. I started drinking with my buddies, and uh, we were stealing it from my dad. And uh, my friend says to me, do you think you could steal some more for next weekend? Um, I didn't answer right away, because in my mind, I'm thinking one thing, but I can't tell the truth because I know that I like this way more than it's healthy. So I said to him, yeah, probably in my mind, I'm thinking I want to get some more for the next 10 minutes. This is fantastic. This is something I could do before school. My whole life is set. And uh, so it progressed from there. Um, and I started having really, really bad blackouts. I didn't know that terminology at the time, but you know, the next day I'd be like, my friends would be like, dude, dude, don't go back to that house where those we were at last night. Well, why? What happened? Well, you did this, you did that, you're turning over <laughs> furniture, cursing people out. And I, I can't remember any of it. And, and it was really, really, I mean, at the time I thought I was crazy. I thought there was something wrong with me. I'm a, a broken, broken, whatever. And uh, so, okay. So I had a plan to overcome this problem. My plan was never leave the house with all my money, don't cash my paycheck and then leave the house because I'd always be broke and I'd always have some kind of an injury and not know how it happened. And the other one was to drink until I felt like I was about to black out and then stop immediately. And <laughs> that didn't work out too good either. So now fast forward um, through four high schools getting admitted to the University of Minnesota as a chemistry major and flunking out back home in the Bronx. And uh, my parents were over it. They're like, you need to find alternative housing, which was their way of kicking me out of the house. And, uh, or you can go to rehab. And I didn't know what rehab was. This is 1984. This is a long time ago. We were not as educated as we are now, luckily. Um, so I get to rehab. Um, I'm in the, in the desert in, in Palm Springs and uh, I'm sitting there. And now cutting down on drinking was always on my list of things to improve my life. But stopping completely never really occurred to me because I didn't think it was possible. So the guy's asking me about my history. Yeah, have you done this drug? Have you done this? How many? And I'm like, I, you know, I take them till they're gone. I look for something else. And uh, <laughs> Um, so he says to me, looks at me with a real serious look on his face. And he says, this program is about complete abstinence from all mood or mind altering chemicals, alcohol, and food. 
I looked at him and I said, forever? <laughs> no, just for today. And uh, now I'm not the smartest person in the world, but we went back and forth a little bit. And I realized that I had just signed up to a program that expected me to stop everything forever. <sighs> now, to my way of thinking, that was ridiculous. It's not, why would anyone even want to do that? It doesn't even make sense. It was not even in the same universe of my thinking at the time. Um, and so I'm, I'm going around meeting with psychologists and, and, and all this stuff. And so I got to the point where they had this lecture about, about alcoholism as a disease. And it was a very well presented. And I was, uh, you know, I... I, I guess at the time I was encouraged because when I found out that I was not crazy and that I had a diagnosable condition that they had a treatment plan for, I was encouraged. I was like, wow, all right, great. So I, I bought in hundred percent. The next 12 years, I'm going to meetings, I'm doing h and I'm secretariat meetings, the treasury, I'm, I'm going to all kinds of meetings here in Orange County. I built my whole life up beyond my wildest dreams. Um, I had enough money where if I would have managed it well, I could have bought businesses, retired, whatever I wanted to do. And 12 years in, now remember alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. I'm thinking, eh, maybe I jumped the gun on this alcoholism thing with what I've done with my life. And so um, it took me 19 years to get back. Um, and I was on the street, homeless. Uh, my, my mind is gone. My teeth are falling out. And I have no job, no money, no place to go. And I end up at the Salvation Army. Um, and I really was not expecting to get any kind of a life back. I just wanted to stop suffering. Um, I was too ashamed to call any family members or friends. I, I had burned every single bridge, just lying, just the whole thing. And uh, so um, about two weeks into my experience there, I'm going to meetings every night because I got nothing better to do. It's a pretty rough crowd there, a pretty rough crowd. Most of them are coming out of jail, things like that. And uh, I know I considered myself an intellectual alcoholic. Um, and uh, but so, and I don't really even know how this happened. But I'm reading chapter five at a meeting one day. Now I'm making friends. Think about rehab is everybody's in a miserable spot. And eventually you start making friends. You're laughing. You're joking. And it's, it's okay. And um, we were forming little groups to read the big book. And I'm starting to feel better. And so I volunteered to read chapter five at this meeting. And I'm reading these words. And I can feel myself having this spiritual awakening again. And and when something travels from my head to my heart, it makes water come out of my eyes. And uh, I'm reading this thing and I cannot stop crying. And for like three weeks, I'm walking around. Every time I thought about how I felt and, and the magic is happening again, I would tear up. And uh, so now let's think about that for a minute. I'm in a place where <clears throat> I've burned every bridge. I haven't spoken to any of my friends or family. I'm on a 30-day blackout, but I can tell I'm recovered again. And I'm looking forward to my future again, even though I had no idea what it would be. Um, and so I ended up taking a job at the Salvation Army. I'm working in this warehouse, making minimum wage. Now, I had a job previously where me and my, my business partners, we had million-dollar policies on ourselves. If one of us would get hurt, that's how important I thought I was. I don't even know how that happened. But now I'm working this minimum wage job, and it's fantastic. So I thought, I'm going to stay here. 
I waited till I got a year so that I could help these guys through the steps. I figured getting a year is like a rite of passage and I'm helping these guys through the steps and I'm trying to convince them that this is what they need to do when they're done. And it brought me back to when it was my first time to try and help someone through the steps and I didn't want to do it um, because I didn't want to look bad. What if, what if they drink? What if they go around saying I'm a bad sponsor? On and on and on. And so think about that for a minute. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm sober and I got some guy whose life is hanging in the balance, but I don't want to work steps with him because I don't want to look bad. Now, these are the exact defects that I just spent my whole, you know, this whole thing trying to get over. And I realized that it's, 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 it's the most important part of AA is carrying the message to the next guy and taking people through the steps because whether you're the sponsee or the sponsor, it's, it's a, it is a, 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 it's a gift from God to be able to do that for someone. And um, over the years, I have done this many, many, many times, but the first time I did a fifth step and I read my resentment inventory to my sponsor on reading This guy did this to me, this guy did this to me, this guy did this to me. And he looks at me and says, well, what's your part? Haven't you been listening? These guys are all jackasses. What do you want me to do? And uh, so in any case, um, it, it's a constant learning experience. Life in AA is the most fantastic thing. Everything that I've ever learned about being responsible, about being a, a friend, about being a good employee, about anything I have learned in Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Yeah.